Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. You can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing available offers for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, Jeremy Evans here, host of the Believe in Sports Law podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Yesterday, of course, was uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so hope everybody had a nice day off, but also a day of reflection and a day of uh, remembering uh, Dr. King and all the work, great work he did for uh, for this country and the heart of this country, but also uh, uh, a day of giving back and a day of uh, volunteering and that sort of thing. So glad you're with us. Uh, today we are going to be talking about Endeavor, the uh, William Morris uh, Endeavor, uh, the sports agency, entertainment agency, uh, talent agency, if you will, uh, that also has ownership in some major sports properties. Um, very big player in the entertainment, media, and sports space, and uh, focusing in on an, on a topic. Uh, of Endeavor where some of their recent uh, moves uh, in terms of buying content and getting into content is now uh, somewhat coming into question and particularly uh, made the Major League Baseball Players Association has been pressuring Endeavor agents to divest uh, from the company, uh, particularly because the um, Endeavor, if uh, we've actually spoken about this on this podcast and written about it, uh, Endeavor has uh, purchased uh, and now owns uh, 10 minor league baseball teams. And so when you have uh, player agents representing players, but also having ownership in a team, um, there comes into questions, conflicts of interest, that sort of thing. But um, maybe more specifically, Major League Baseball rules and the collective bargaining agreement and, um, uh, and, and sort of, you know, basically the written rules and, and, the, and the league rules, really, uh, you can't have uh, that sort of um, conflict of interest. You can't both represent players and also own a piece of a company so, or a piece of a team. So that's kind of where Endeavor finds itself. And, um, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. 
So this is somewhat interesting, right? Because Endeavor is obviously this well-known entertainment and sports agency, um, long history here because some of the agents who founded Endeavor came out of William Morris and William Morris was the original sort of Hollywood agency, talent agency. And there's a lot of ties between the entertainment and sports aspect here. Um, and of course, Endeavor is an owner of multiple content properties um, and brands. Uh, as I mentioned, it owns, you know, 10 minor league baseball teams. Um, and this in some sense kind of feels like a blast of the past because uh, Endeavor has really taken the approach that they um, want to be more involved in uh, brand creation. They want to be more involved in content creation. Uh, and in many ways, they want, to, they want to own more brands and more properties. And this is a different approach than CAA has taken. CAA, for the most part, has stuck with, um, well, no, namely outside investment, but then also this idea they really stuck with talent. Uh, they've increased their sports agency purchases. They purchased ICM recently. Um, so I, I think they've, they've sort of had a different approach, whereas Endeavor's really focused in on um, wanting to go outside of that. And, there's, and it's really a savvy business decision. It's just that the issue is, is that um, obviously some of these unions uh, with the leagues, you know, in particular, Major League Baseball Players Association, Calls, and calls these things into question because uh, it makes it difficult when you own a team but also represent the players, right? And we'll get into why there's some gray area here, uh, particularly because it's minor league baseball versus major league baseball and sort of how those, um, those relationships work. But just bear with us as we kind of go through this. So, uh, again, it feels like a blast of the past because, you know, the sole endeavor thing with the ties to William Morris – and of course, um, going back to the early days of Hollywood, back in 1948, um, and even dating back to 1938, uh, but in 1948, uh, United States Justice Department forced Paramount, uh, obviously major studio, um, and other studios to break up production from distribution. So basically, they didn't want the studios you know, contracting with the talent, uh, producing film projects, and then also owning the theaters. So they don't want them controlling all aspects of production and distribution because inevitably what ended up happening was the studio Paramount would control the talent, uh, but then also control the theater distribution. So um, this is particularly troubling for other studios. Uh, it's sort of kind of some like monopoly activity where, you know, you're essentially controlling everything and not giving any uh, sort of chance to the competition in meaning that it's a situation where, you know, you could charge more for a certain film if it wasn't produced by your studio, but you were showing it at your, you know, um, you know, at your theater or charge less. Uh, you could even choose certain films not to be distributed or shown at your theater. So um, this, of course, was um, canceled as a decree uh, in August of uh, 2020. And I think this was a smart move by the Department of Justice because, you know, back in 1948 and even going back again to 1938, when a lot of these disputes began to happen, we lived in a completely different world, right? Streaming didn't exist. 
Uh, now there's so many options with regard to streaming and you can also continue to have your cable packages. Uh, there's many ways to get your content distributed, not to mention social media and not to mention YouTube and the host of other places. And so I think that um, ultimately Paramount decrees are no longer in play when it comes to um, this idea of uh, studios or what have you owning theaters. Um, we'll come back to that in a second and how that affects the Writers Guild, um, which is another issue that Endeavor had to deal with and all the other you know, major agencies in Hollywood had to deal with. But uh, again, it's sort of a blast of the past because it's this idea of control over content, control over talent, control over brands, right? And ultimately, you'd love to control all, um, but you know that's not good for capitalism. It's not good for business. Uh, and ultimately, um, as they sort of teach you in business school, uh, this idea of that um, a monopoly is good for a period of time, but eventually wears out because either people find alternatives or um, they get sick of the monopoly uh, and they, and they you know, stop paying for it or, or, or the monopoly becomes less innovative uh, because they have no challengers, right? So, so competition is a good thing and always will be. So uh, the comparison here is, is that, you know, again, the, the competition is important and, um, you know, finding ways to innovate and, and, and all this. So but I think the decrees set up this precedent for what would become the sort of agency studio relationships where uh, talent was represented versus being under contract for an exclusive term, sometimes for life. Uh, you know, like you would have actors that would only produce movies for, you know, MGM or what have you. Um, of course, streaming platforms and talent agencies and sort of union uh, unionization of talent has changed a lot of that. Um, you know, really change the industry forever. Uh, but of course, and this idea of sort of theaters and ownership is no longer at issue, but the one remaining issue, and this is the tie between sports and entertainment, is that uh, there is a divide between management or ownership and labor. And there always will be. Uh, this is always in dispute. There's always a dispute between ownership and labor. And this is why you have collective bargaining agreements. This is why you have uh, labor strikes. This is why you have this current dispute with Major League Baseball and the Players Association trying to find middle ground on coming to a new CBA. Now, of course, today, actors handle multiple projects for multiple studios and streamers. Um, they often have their own production studios um, and companies. And, you know, we even have this uh, sort of professional athletes and retired athletes producing content and podcast and what have you. Now, of course, it's interesting because as I've talked about before, sports entertainment have followed a similar path. Baseball was also in a similar sort of trajectory when we talked about this idea of the reserve clause. So where talent was under contract and sort of was controlled pretty much for life in, in Hollywood, you had this reserve clause in baseball um, where basically players were controlled by the team. Uh, there was no free agency or what have you. That, that was all changed with Kurt Flood in the 1970s when he called into question his trade from the Cardinals, I think. Was it to the, to the Detroit Tigers or to another team? Might have been the Philadelphia uh, Phillies, but, um, but ultimately 
um, Kurt Flood didn't want to make the change. And so um, uh, there was some litigation over this and ultimately created free agency. And, and, um, and really, you know, the union, the strength of the union and everything like that came about. So it, the sort of point here is, is that it endeavors investments in minor league baseball come into question if the dispute with uh, Major League Baseball Players Association continues. And um, we'll dig a little bit deeper here, too, because um, there's some other potential issues here that Endeavor might have to think about. For one, um, Endeavor owns the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or UFC. They also own on-location experiences. And um, they also own uh, 10 minor league baseball teams. They also have Endeavor Content, which is a production house. And um, the company has agents representing talent across the entertainment media and sports spectrum. And in particular, in the sports leagues uh, and in the fighting circuit that we just talked about. And of course, they have entertainment projects uh, where the co company owns um, ownership stakes. So... Um, now, there's an interesting caveat to this. The National Football League, the NFL, just uh, exercised its option to increase its ownership shares in on-location experiences from 13.5% to 45%. I'm just curious if maybe this was done um, because of some of these issues with Major League Baseball. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the NFL sees the value in it But um, in, in terms of on-location experiences. But, of course, on-location experiences is going to have a huge play uh, in the upcoming Super Bowl. Um, but of course, Endeavor also represents NFL athletes. Uh, now, there's likely not a conflict there because those services are separate and mostly unrelated. You're talking about, you know, sort of producing content off the field or preparing sort of um, the field for the game in terms of content or what have you. But um, that's not really anything to do with representing players. But again, it kind of gives you an idea of some of the issues here. Now, uh, UFC is not unionized, so there's less issues than, let's say, with Major League Baseball or some of the other unionized sports like you know basketball or hockey or uh, soccer or baseball. Um, and there's no legal or written con conflicts of interest there. Uh, but on its face, Endeavor agents may indeed represent UFC fighters, but they also own the entire fighting circuit. So it's just something to keep in mind down the road, particularly as there's been calls from UFC fighters to talk about unionization. So we'll see where that goes. It's going to be very difficult in the individual athlete setting because um, there's no union in tennis. There's no union in NASCAR driving or in Formula One. It's just very difficult in non-team sports, right? So, however, owning a minor league baseball team and representing uh, minor league baseball players and major league baseball players in a union environment, um, that potentially is a problem. And I think this is where Major League Baseball Players Association is, is, uh, is questioning this. Now, a little sort of insight into this. So Major League Baseball teams sign what they call PDCs or player development contracts with minor league clubs. So the big league club controls the players and these players just play in these um, minor league baseball facilities, which is usually a separate ownership group. However, 
the CBA between Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association provides that agents like those at Endeavor and WME cannot also hold an ownership stake in a Major League Baseball franchise uh, and minor league clubs that are owned directly by Major League Baseball clubs or controlled through these player development contracts. Now, there's some gray area because, um, you know, again, those minor league clubs are affiliated for the most part, but they're operated independently, particularly where the Major League Baseball club is controlling the players. So there is some separation there. So Endeavor may have a, a legitimate argument. Now, the problem with this is that Major League Baseball has made a major push to consolidate minor, the minor leagues. You know, if you remember 2020, I think it was, they consolidated and took out, I think, 40 minor league teams. Many of those went over into the independent leagues. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of movement in that regard. And this has mainly been a move by Major League Baseball to control more of the teams, have a quicker process, a cleaner process of having less players, um, and, and really, I think, maybe lessening cost. So um, it, it's an interesting uh, time in Major League Baseball in that sense. But uh, this is where Endeavor finds itself, is that it, it probably saw Minor League Baseball as a good investment. But of course, the whole ownership issue um, creates a problem, particularly where agents are representing some of the players. So I think the dispute here is as much about Major League Baseball's control over minor league teams and maybe the Players Association seeing where that's going and seeing these sort of perceived, um, you know, sort of conflicts of interest. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, it's, it's of note that Endeavor and the other big agencies in Hollywood also recently agreed uh, with the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, uh, to divest of more than 20% ownership in any production house or studio and to phase out the practice of packaging and film and entertainment projects because of the perceived conflict, conflicts of interest there. Now, packaging, if you recall, is this idea of where you take an actor, a director, and a producer, and you put them together in a package and sell it to um, you know, a studio for a certain price or a writer and a director and an actor and you say, this is who we have committed to this project. Do you want to pick up this project and put the money towards it? And there's perceived conflict of interest there because if you package, you know, talent together, it creates the, you know, obstacle of, well, maybe one person gets paid less than they should have gotten paid, that sort of thing. And of course, the argument on the agent side has always been, well, there's no conflict of interest because ultimately the team or the studio is making the decision. It's not us. Um, and, you know, you can have that argument all day long, uh, but that's sort of the situation. And ultimately, the WGA came to an agreement with, an, with Endeavor and all the other big agencies, CAA, and at the time, ICM, which is now owned by CAA, and uh, UTA and all the other agencies out there um, signed this deal. And um, part of it was because Endeavor had really got into more of this content production side. So... It's very interesting, um, and we'll sort of see how this plays out, but um, it seems to be an ongoing theme. Maybe Major League Baseball Players Association and MLB broker a similar deal with Endeavor like the WGA did. Uh, maybe there's litigation. 
Maybe there's additional changes to the game, to the rules, maybe in the industry in general. I just, I find it interesting because history has a way of repeating itself, um, showing ways to do something over. Um, you know, hopefully you kind of learn from the approach. The one sort of last interesting caveat here is that Lou Wasserman, the icon of, of, of Hollywood and uh, what many refer to as maybe the, one of the last moguls next to uh, Bob Evans, um, is this idea of, you know, he was, uh, you know, head of, you know, um, you know, major talent agent, um, you know, head of a studio and, you know, really just um, had uh, so much access, uh, access to, uh, to many different things. And, and an icon was a mentor of Ari Emanuel, who is um, obviously one of the founders of, of um, Endeavor and WME. So it's interesting because Lou was sort of in this position where it was like, hey, he wanted to control all this content, wanted to control the studio production process, the whole thing, right? And then sort of, I think Emmanuel was someone following in those footsteps where he's saying, hey, I want to control content. I want to control talent and sort of the whole process, right? And it's a good business decision. I think it's, you know, this idea of sort of controlling the business of content and that sort of thing, but obviously you got to be within league rules and industry rules and that sort of thing. And um, unless they're changed, uh, it's going to take some pretty savvy sort of business moves and decisions to, to keep out of the limelight there, but um, interesting things indeed. But uh, thank you again for uh, listening in this week. Again, I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. Uh, This is the believe in sports law podcast. Uh, This show has been uh, brought to you by uh, bet online. Uh, This week's show, we've talked about endeavor ownership or representation and sort of uh, where the path is going from here and um, sort of Major League Baseball's challenge uh, to them, Major League Baseball Players Association's challenge, you know, endeavor uh, to divest of its ownership in minor league baseball teams, uh, which was a recent purchase. So again, thanks, uh, folks, for always listening in and making us the number one uh, sports law podcast in the world. And look forward to uh, being back with you next week. Thank you so much. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube